It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Guys, I, when I found out that we had booked Ohio State coach Ryan Day, I'm like, wow, our show? Like, we're, <laughs> our show? We've only been on the Beautiful. air three weeks? We got the, the head man at Ohio State, and uh, and our producer said, yeah, we had to pay him quite a bit of money to get him. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, let's bring in Ryan Day. He is just there a tremendous. And our show, <laughs> coach, the class level of our show just went through the roof. Before we start our first question, I want to—we did hard-hitting investigative reporting last night. I wanted to dig into the details of your uh, contract extension, and I was able to determine that it is a multi-year, multi-dollar deal. So, congratulations! <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting a new contract extension. Let's start by having you tell us why these extensions are so important—not not for the coach, but for the program and the continuity. Yeah, great to be on here, guys. Thanks. Um, it, 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 first off, for recruiting and just sustainability, and, and uh, you know, you're, when you're recruiting families, uh, it means a lot. First off, for uh, the university to make an investment in our coaching staff, and and then they also want to know that you're going to be there. Um, and, and there's so many things that get thrown out there, certainly with different job opportunities and those types of things. And I can, um, you know, say that you know I want to be at Ohio State till I'm blue in the face, but. You know, actions speak louder than words. And so, you know, everyone here has had a big part in all of this. And I think we have a really great staff and really appreciate everybody who's, um, you know, got us to this point and certainly very blessed to be in this situation. I can't believe you said blue in the face. I didn't think you'd use the word blue. Oh, that's true. Or say the word of the state of the (laughs) up north. Um, But I I, I understand what you're saying with the analogy. And I can tell you from a fan standpoint, Thrilled to have you and to know that you're going to be here for that long. No doubt. Hopefully well beyond this extension because uh, I think the program is in a really, really good place. I think the Buckeyes got to ask the next question. Yeah, I, just, I think he's got the go clock, here. bro. Well, you know, Coach Day, you know, I see it's this uh, it's rumored that the, the Big Ten is getting rid of divisions. You know, they want it to be they want to get rid of the Big Ten with West and the East. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the things we've got to do is uh, adapt with the times, and, and there's a lot of change going on. As you know, there's so much going on in college football, and, and every year there's just new new challenges that are coming our way and making sure that, you know, we're on top of that. I, I think when you look at, um, you know, the divisions, you know, there's been different things over time that have happened in the conference. We had the legends and the leaders. You had the East and the West, and now, you know, they're considering no, no divisions. I think it's interesting to look back on, the last couple of years and what, how, you know, the big 10 championship would have played out uh, if it wasn't East versus West. Um, I think it does give us a little bit more of a margin for error. Um, so I think there's arguments on both sides and, and going to kind of lead that up to the, to the ADs and, and the commissioner in that area. Coach, I have, I have a major concern. I got to get to here. Um, <laughs> I'm concerned your beard's too good looking. This is a problem here, coach. I think that's what's going to get you over the top. You've had great success, but I think what's going to get you over the top for a championship is the beard's got a little bit. You got to look a little more scraggly. Maybe you know, like Belichick. He, he looks like a total slob out there. The beard's too good looking. Is that a major concern for you? 
Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I think it's uh, first off, the beard is is a step in the, in the direction of, you know, making sure that they understand that we, we you know, we mean business, but it, also can't, <laughs> it, it, it can't be it can't be sloppy. I mean, we're still talking about Ohio State and uh, I got to make sure I clean it up. And every once in a while, my wife and my daughter will say, make sure you clean up that beard. You're starting to look like a bum. Keep what you about in line. a goatee? Keep you in line. What about a goatee? I mean, that that brings like a little edge to the beard. Nastiness. Have you thought about not, just not, the goatee? That's not on the table. <laughs> not, <laughs> my, my wife said it. No, not on the table. What do you think of this look here? Oh, yeah. We found some interesting beards in sports. Yeah. You're a beard connoisseur. No. What do you, what do you oh, think of these? Oh, yeah, that's nice. I think ah. I'm going to have to win a national championship before I can start getting into these guys. <laughs> oh, please don't go James Harden. Oh, that would be terrible. Now, that's a bull kind of beard. He loves that beard. You can't even see his mouth. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I'll have a little bit more uh, margin for if we win the whole thing. I can promise you that. Right now, I'm going to keep it nice and clean and just focus on getting better. There you go. Oh, well, you, well, you know, you know, Coach, I, I will tell you this, man. I'm willing to make you a wager. I, I, I've been... Um, I'm not going to say Michigan or blue or anything, but we got to have a little wager here. You know, I'm, I was going around and I've been at Target. I've been at Walmart. And they don't have some of the gear that you guys have. They don't got none of these nice coats and gear. Second tier. Yeah, yeah I'm getting it. We don't get none of the none of the top tier gear. You know, Tyvis was saying that he's in a need for some Ohio State gear. He was <laughs> he wears he wears a three X now. <laughs> He wear, he wear three X. Tell him, you know, let him, let him know. Time is down. Yeah. You know, three X. You know, send about three sweaters, three hoodies, couple yeah. t-shirts. Big fella. Um, time is a big fella. Trying now. to put on some weight. You know, I just, I'm trying to fill into it, coach. You got to fill into it. <laughs> got to get Tyvis a name, image, and likeness account here. So we're going to get him some beer and a little bit of money. All just aside, I want to ask this, this question here. How did you guys go? When I grew up, they had John Cooper, right? We had Eddie George. We had guys. We were going to line up. Joey we gonna, Galloway. We're going to pound the football. <laughs> you may get three or four passes if you're lucky. How did you guys turn into the air raid uh Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, no, no disrespect to Travion Henderson because he can run the ball. But I mean, the receivers you guys got. I mean, Smith and Jigba, Alave, Garrett. J hey, heck, we taking credit for. We still taking credit for Jamison Williams down there, down in, uh, uh, in Alabama. How did you guys really just turn into that that power in, in, in throwing the ball all over the park? Well, I think if, if you're going to win the whole thing, you have to be able to throw the ball. Uh, at a high level, and you have to be able to run the ball at a high level. I mean, you have to be physical uh, on short yardage. You have to be able to run the ball in the red zone. I mean, you have to establish a run and have balance. Uh, but you also have to be able to win the game in a two-minute drill and have to be able to throw the ball at a high level. Uh, and when you look at, you know, the national championships over the you know, last decade, that's been the case. So it's something that we put a huge emphasis on. I think it started with, with Dwayne Haskins and, and the way that, uh, you know, 2018 we threw the ball. It created a lot of excitement. It attracted some 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 of the best quarterbacks and wide receivers in the country, uh, and they they just saw what we were doing and they saw the way we threw the ball, and I think um, you know now being the head coach and still being involved in it allows me the opportunity to have a great feel in game for what's going on, um, but you know it really comes down to the players and, and what they've done, uh, but they've grabbed onto it. I think what Brian Hartline's done, uh, Kevin Wilson, you know our staff um, has had a huge part in all of this, and so we just want to keep it going, keep it building. And, and I think, you know, you combine that with what's going on on defense right now with a new staff, you know, we're excited going into this first game. Coach, um, 
you mentioned Dwayne Haskins there, so I just got to ask you. Obviously, it's heartbreaking that a young man has lost his life, but, you know, I don't know him personally. You obviously had this relationship with him uh, very close, I'm assuming. Uh, you know, <coughs> what can you say about what's what's happened here? With It's just uh, very sad. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is it's all very uh, confusing. It's very sad. Um, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around all of it. Uh, Dwayne was nothing but unbelievable when he was here. And, uh, and to, to, to know that he's not here anymore and, and uh, how everything shook out is just they're very, very confusing to me. And uh, I think about it a lot. And uh, he left a legacy behind in a short period of time, and he won't be forgotten. Now, I know the whole program grieves, and, and we do too, um, he, uh, from a distance. He seemed like an incredible young man, just, just as good a person as he was a football player. And I know it's been a very difficult time for you and your entire program there as you work through this. Coach, you brought up the NIL uh, a little while ago. And I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen some changes here in the last decade in college football, just the way we uh, have the playoffs and everything else. But have you seen any one rule change impact the entirety of college football more than this NIL. It, this is really shaking up college football. Uh, there's no question. And that combined with the one-time transfer for uh, transfer rule all happening kind of at the same time. Um, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a time where there's been more of an impact. Those two things, because, um, you know, it's, it's a time where there are rules, but the rules aren't very clear and they're not always being enforced at a high enough level. So anytime something like that happens and you're dealing with some of the most competitive people in one of the most competitive environments in the country, you're going to get hard feelings. And I think there's risk across the board. There's risk if you do nothing, then you're going to fall behind. There's risk if you go too far ahead of it, then you know you put yourself at risk of, of getting in trouble or embarrassing the program. The thing that I, I, I just right now, the way it is, it's like it's like the speed limit. You know, if the speed limit's 45 miles an hour, mm. how many miles an hour are you willing to go over the speed limit before you get pulled over? Yeah, interesting. And Great. that's that. That's where right now it's, une it's une uneasy, it's unsettling. But but we've been focusing our time on trying to figure out how this fits for Ohio State. And we've always done things the right way. We're going to do things the right way, but we also need to make sure we don't fall behind and stay ahead of the game. Right. Coach, I ain't going to call them traitors, but you got uh, some former Buckeyes that you're going against in that first week, you know, with uh, you got – James, you got Marcus, and then you got, you know, I think Al Washington went over there. What are we expected to see out of this Buckeyes? I mean, I know Coach Mick, after that team up north game and all that, I know this offseason had to be tough because I know Coach Mick personally, and I've been through it. So, I, I, what can we expect to see this game one uh, against Notre Dame? Night game in the shoe. Well, we start off right right out of the gate with, with a huge game, and they have a great program, and they're great coaches. That's why they're there. Um, but we're talking about competitive stamina this year as being the focus is that, you know, as you know, Tyus, like we're not allowed to lose a game here. We just That's can't. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you win 11 games, you 11 and two win the Rose bowl and that's a down year. And, and that's just part of the, you know, the expectations here. So we have to start right from the first game, you know, in the NFL, you know, you can lose four five, six, make the playoffs. We can't do that at Ohio state. So you know, we got to start right from the first game, bring it every week, not have a letdown, stay healthy and then play our best football at the end of the season. We're talking with Coach Ryan Day, of course. Coach, uh, I'm curious, you know, we've talked about some for former quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Fields, it's been a struggle so far for him in Chicago. I don't think they've really helped him much. There's not been much around him. 
But uh, what what is your your relationship like with him right now? And are you confident that he's going to be able to bounce back there in Chicago? I shouldn't even say bounce back because he hasn't really been given much of a chance to succeed at this point. But how do you think he's going to fare long term in Chicago? Well, you know, it, it's it's really about how they want to develop him. You know, when you're taking somebody who's only played three years in in college football and really only played a year and a half because he played the 19 season, didn't really play much in the 18 season. And then in the 2020 season was cut short because of COVID. Uh, and then and then he steps into an NFL environment. Uh, that's much different than somebody who's been playing somewhere for five years and has, you know, three, four seasons under their belt going into the NFL. So I, I just think the focus has to be on his development and what they put around him and playing really good defense, running the football, and start to build him over time. They've invested money in him and a draft pick in him. And, and he's very, very competitively tough, very intelligent. I mean, all the reasons why you'd want to invest in someone, that's Justin Fields. Um, but, you know, it isn't just going to happen overnight. And I think, I hope they understood that going into it um, because this is somebody who didn't play a ton going in but certainly has a tremendous ceiling. So his development over these, you know, these first two or three years is going to be critically important to how long he lasts in the league. But I can tell you this, there's more, not a more talented, competitively tough guy that I've ever been around. Coach, are you – I mean, I feel like you seem like someone who's emotionally invested in your players. And is it hard when, when a player – you know, I know you haven't been a head coach that long, but when a player goes to the league – I mean, obviously, so many Ohio State players go to the NFL. So many have success. But when a player goes and maybe doesn't have the success that he thought he would have, is that like – does that hurt you personally? Like, not the – you know, like just in, in terms of like feeling bad for that guy. Yeah, yeah, because, we, we, you know, we want – everyone to do great we're pulling for them and you know we become fans and, and try to follow their their career and so yeah that, that's a big part of you know what we do is, is develop guys to go into the nfl and certainly have a great track record of that but you know we want guys to do well and that's a very very difficult league to do well in but no um you know our guys have done you know better than most and and you know so we're proud of that but yeah we, we kind of become fans and uh, after a game you know sunday we come in and do our work and you know, one o'clock and before all of our meetings, you know, that in the uh, the locker room, all those games are on and we try to make sure the Buckeyes are on. Everybody's nice. cheering for them. So, yeah, that's 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 how we follow them. Coach, we do an absurd thing on this program. Uh, it's just it's absurd hypotheticals. And I was thinking last night, like, what's an absurd hypothetical I could throw at Coach Day? And this is the most absurd thing I could come up with. So oh, we're going to have I know this is nuts. Now. <laughs> this is nuts. You're going to have to use your imagination. I want okay. a, you know, normally there's a four by one in track and field, hmm. but for this particular scenario, it's a two by one. So there's two runners and each is going to run a hundred yard leg. And here are the teams. Okay. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban <laughs> are one team and you and Jim Harbaugh are the other team. Oh, wow. Who wins that two by one and why? Uh, I think the, the race may be um, canceled due to the lack of interest. <laughs> no, no, listen. Coach, coach, if we were to pay-per-view this, imagine the money that could be raised for charity. Oh, yeah. If we could, I would pay good money to watch you in track shoes, pass a baton to Jim Harbaugh. Actually, I think you would run the leg. I think you would dust Jim. So Jim would run the first leg. He would pass the baton to you. Nick's going to run the first leg for Team Saban and Fisher, and then Jimbo's going to bring it home. I don't know that there's a sum of money I wouldn't part with right now to watch that happen. The interest would be off the charts, Coach. He's not into well, it. Well, I, I think it may be better if, um, you know, 
Coach Harbaugh teamed up with either uh, Coach Saban or Coach Fisher, and I and I same thing. Maybe that. So you don't want to be Harbaugh's team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can't be Harbaugh's teammate. Might be, might be a little bit smoother. Okay, so let's go with that. That's a, that's a good good idea because I, I I don't know that I could root for Jim Harbaugh in that scenario, no. and I would have to. So that's enemy. a great point you bring up. Yeah. So the team then is Harbaugh and Fisher against you and Saban. Who's who's crossing the tape first? We would. Yeah. Ah, I like yeah, that. There we go. I like, that. I like the go. confidence. Hey, hey, coach, how hard is it? Not just because of last year and what happened, but just in general. And obviously, Tyvis can answer this from his personal perspective. But how hard is it, if at all, to maybe it's easier this year because you're playing a really good team in Notre Dame week one, as you mentioned. But is it hard to not have the guys thinking all the way ahead to Michigan at the end of the year? Or is, is that not a concern because guys know how to stay focused on the task at hand? No, I, I think that's the whole message of the competitive stamina that we're, we're hammering this year is that yeah. it doesn't matter the opponent and that, uh, you know, we have to play our best football at the end of the season. You know, you look at some of the games we played last year, um, you know, against Purdue, and, you know, we played a top-10 team in Michigan State. I mean, played some of our best football, you know, really in all three phases, um, but but then didn't finish the season, you know, the way we wanted to at the, the last game of the regular season. So, uh, and then obviously didn't get our opportunity to go play in, in the Big Ten championship. So, you know, when you're playing a nine-conference schedule in the Big Ten and you're playing Notre Dame as a non-conference opponent, that's 10 games that you have got to bring it. And if you stub your toe at all and have a bad day, then that could ruin your whole season. So, yeah, I mean, we understand, obviously, what, what that game means at the end of the season. we got to stay focused on every single game, really bring it every week with competitive stamina. But then, you know, we also know, you know, what we have this year. And, and certainly uh, losing that game last year was very, very difficult for everybody around yeah. here. And it's been a while, and that one hurt. And it's going to continue to hurt. And, uh, you know, we remind ourselves that all the time, coaches, players included. There you go. And uh, so we're working towards that. You know, Coach, one of the things I always loved best as a, as a former player in college was getting those team-building exercises, whether it's bowling or swimming or doing whatever you guys do. But you guys at Ohio State have taken it to a new level. We have some some footage. We have some stuff on paintball. Who would have known? Look at that. Yeah. Ohio <laughs> oh OSU gets it done with paintball. Talk Woo. about how that went. How did you guys come up with that? And uh, how, how's your aim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my, my hit accuracy is not very good. Uh, I, I shot a lot. I don't know what I made. I, I hid behind stuff because those guys were dying to get me. Yeah, you can see right here. I'm hiding right there. Um, I think some of the players really appreciated the fact that they got a chance to shoot some of the coaches and some of the strength coaches. Um, but but our guys wanted to do more things outside of our facility to, to build, um, you know, the brotherhood is what we call it here. Yeah. And with COVID and everything the last couple of years, we haven't done much of that. It, most of the, the teamwork we've done is inside the walls of our facility. So you know, we want to make sure that we're doing an, enough things outside and that was something everybody could enjoy. Everybody part participated in. We had a lot of laughs, and, and so that was good. That's one of the few things we'll do this summer. That nice. looked like a lot of fun. Coach, our producer here, before we let you go, Mikey McNuggets, um, has <laughs> a question for you, and I want to apologize uh, on behalf of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show in advance of this because Mikey has this notion that he is a top-flight athlete because he made a couple threes for his college team once. His Division so three, college His Division three college team. <laughs> I don't want to disparage that. No, but he true. has a question for you, Coach, and I, I want to apologize in advance. Mikey, it's all yours. No, Coach, this is a great question. Hey, thanks again for coming on. Let's, Steve, let's pull up 64 to start. These are the measurables. 
I'm a five-star quarterback <laughs> recruit. I don't have any eligibility left, but in theory, if I was, how would you recruit an athlete of this caliber? And before you answer, Steve, let's go to 65. Let's show off the arm. Yeah, this is when I tried out for Blinn College football last year, the home of Cam Newton. And I, this is the best pass ever thrown on Cam Newton. Oh, oh my so God. God. That's horrible. How are you recruiting me? That is awful throw. <laughs> He's not recruiting well, you. It, it's pretty easy. You know, what's your name? Mikey McNuggets? <laughs> New York. We, got, we got a lot of McDonald's here in Columbus. But what an unbelievable opportunity to do an NIL deal right here in Columbus. Probably more McDonald's in Columbus than most of the other places you're being recruited. So Mikey McNuggets already done. Come be a Buckeye. That's good. Yeah, you go. There you go. I needed, I needed that reality check. Yeah, that was, no, that was great. Coach, listen, um, Thanks, coach. We, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day. We know you, you're a busy guy, and, and we know it. that you're spending 28 hours a day uh, focusing on beating the team up north, and we love to hear that kind of talk because, um, as you know, the fan base carries that pain as well. All of the best to you and the Buckeyes' continued success. I can't wait to watch you guys go out there and tear it up, especially with that offense. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Coach. Hey. Have a great year, Coach. Hey. On the ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, and I think so, so we're three weeks. This is our third week, guys? Third, third week. Yeah. Third. Yeah. So that's that's my highlight right there is having Coach Day tell Mikey McNuggets that yeah. he could get him an NIL deal at McDonald's. Well, I love that he was also not even interested in the idea of being on a team with, with Arnold. Yeah. Like he, could, he was so disgusted by that. Yeah, he, I he, can't do he, that team. He, he tried like, no. every way. He was like, nah. He wouldn't even play along so, if Harbaugh was on his love team. It. But, but guys, imagine that for a second. Yeah. The four of them are in sprint suits. Well, this is the thing. Will they cross the line like that's are they in shape? Like well, they would never no. do it. This is my. I, 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 I want a boxing match. I rather see them. Jimbo's actually got some wheels. Go back to when they tried dumping the Gatorade on him after the Orange Bowl. Jimbo's got some wheels. For two Saban. steps, he's a loser. <laughs> Listen, Saban's not running. Saban's old. Saban, Saban's old. Saban Jimbo got wheels. I don't know that any of them. Ryan Day's I, the youngest. Yeah, Ryan's going to smoke yeah. everybody. No question about that. I think. I want to see a boxing match, Jim. Jimbo's a decent athlete. Yeah, I, I wanted to go there, but I, I, you know. It's a little too violent. It's a maybe. little too violent. Yeah. I thought. If in my, I love absurd hypotheticals. Can we make yeah. that a segment? Absurd hypotheticals. Done. Speaking of segment, we do got a segment. We we got what the internet's talking about. No. And guess oh, what? Right. We have a sponsor for that. So let me pull up the ad. Yeah. And let me switch the graphic. <laughs> and this is, and look, look at, at that. that. PCC Airfoil is our favorite. Looking yeah. for a job yeah. with advancement and look great benefits. PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe and Wycliffe and are hiring for all positions starting at $18 an hour. Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. That's legit right there. Boom. That right there is legit. Well said. PCC airfoils. As they're my favorite airfoils. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't have a second favorite. That's how much I love them. Let's get to it. Jeffrey Kovac says, love my Browns. I believe Scarlet and Gray on Saturday, Brown and Orange on Sunday. Been a fan since day one. Now, we got to shout you out for being in the comment section. We do read the comments. Make sure you comment on. By the way, my man YouTube. Jeffrey, I know him. He was a Baker bro, too. Oh, he was? Well, we accept him, too. Yeah. He, he, he's still a Browns fan. Hey, Baker <laughs> bros are people, too. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> we accept him, too. We accept everybody. Uh, uh, Jared Ish says, 
ask Ryan what his plan is when Hartline leaves, which is bound yeah. to happen at some point. That is yeah, coming. That's uh, coming. He's going to get a head coaching a, job very soon. Yeah. Shout out to Glen Oak. Shout out to uh, Stark County 330 stand up. Uh, he's doing a great job. They got like 97 receivers there, so yeah. they'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, Kid Wilson 33 says, this is a great one. We talked about this yesterday. Ryan Day can't touch Stefanski's beard game. Oh wow! He That's says, a "Great question." He said, "He said, I, I, beard. They're both too. They both too pretty with the beard." I, I mean, Ryan's I, beard though. Is I mean, his beard I is like wrong. How did he get games. his stuff? So he got some beige. If I had to pick, though, I am taking Stefanski. And, and why? Because the salt and pepper mix, or yeah, yeah, he, he can do a lot. He can do a lot. There, people are a fan of Coach Day's rosy cheeks. I'm not gonna say who. That's true. They love his face. I'm yeah. not. I can't say that. You, you just. Why I, can't you say that? I, I mean, that's for them to nice say. He's got nice rosy cheeks. I know. Oh, you, you know, we can't. You know. You can't, you can't no, look. I think we're all secure enough to say he's a good-looking guy. He's I mean, a handsome he's man. His, he's doing his thing. Give love where love is warranted. And I'm. Oh, oh, you, G, yeah, 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 we can't. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can't call a grown man cinnamon. You can say. That's like. That's that's like Tyvis's name is his nickname is cinnamon. I can't call Tyvis a grown man jumping routes and receiving cinnamon. We can't do it. Uh, and then the last one, Mick the dog says, I'm such a Buckeye fan. It's better to root for Donovan Peoples-Jones and Chase Winovich, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah, I know. As a Browns yeah. fan, I remember way back when Steve Everett was the center for Bernie Kosar, and he was a <laughs> Michigan guy. Like, I didn't like him for like a year or two just because he was a Michigan You know, guy. and that's funny because I, I I thought I would feel the same way when I got to the league, but come to find out, them are some of the coolest people yeah, you'll ever meet. Yeah, so like they, they, they buddies. I'm yeah, they like really with, cool. With Desmond Howard, and he's like one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> now, I tell him, I tell him all the time, you made a terrible life decision by yes, going. Yes, I do like, too. I, like, that like, was, bro, I don't know what you were Cleveland thinking. Kid, <laughs> get out of Ohio from Michigan. And, and Braylon, Braylon Edwards, you know, I did like a little mini documentary on him on my YouTube channel. Braylon Edwards like really like was like salty like he was like people don't like me here like he really yeah. had a thing. But it's he, a thing. It yeah, is. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. Peppers same thing. Peppers is here for a little couple of seconds. <laughs> like but if you do well, it, they kind of you know, I know but the first time he calls for a fair catch on the three yard line. I'm like <laughs> Oh, Michigan yeah. guy. You're yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> whole stuff against I remember that stuff, man. Hey, I remember if that you're stuff. You're good. It doesn't matter. And uh, that was what the internet is talking about. And then, brought to you by PCC Airfoils. There it is. Let's uh, do it. And look, if you're looking for a job, that's it. Eighteen an hour. Solid Air pay, man. Foils. That's, that's solid. Air you, foils. you know what I started Air off foils. at? Four twenty-five. Come on, and we got a break. Metcalf. Do you want a break? You just want to go? No, right we're gonna do it. a break to test the audio. Then right. we'll come back. Another quick Eric break. Metcalf. Um, Eric Metcalf, one of my favorites of all time. Man, this guy could run like a deer. Yeah. Like such a pure athlete. He joins us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This is a legit show, guys. I'm not kidding. I don't know how we got this. But this is a legit show. <laughs> hey, I don't know what the heck's going on, but I, I like it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
fight. I'm looking at great. Can we just take one second to G. Bush is going to lose his. You have the kicks title on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, but right now, Ty's game with put the Nikes up there, Look, the black on, gold Nikes Look, that matches the Cleveland is the city black gold shirt. I'm hating. I'm hating. See, I That's don't. A fight. These, <laughs> hey, these former athletes be coming in here with all these little checks. I know you get a couple checks. They be giving them residuals. He just get a check. They just come in. It should be like, yeah, I wore wristbands one day. They gave me fifty thousand for wristbands. Get up out of here. Gee, like, what did he? Just say about those shoes. I Tell forgot, the audience. I forgot all you had. Hey, listen, I did. I got. I forgot all you listen, had. These so big dogs. This is the thing. I, I made the New Year's resolution that I wasn't gonna buy myself anything. So I'm going off of shoes I got, and I Wait, got like 50, nothing. Nothing. Anything that I want. Stuff that you need, but nothing that's for you. Yeah. That you I know want. what? I. Your, your parent, again, yeah. a new parent again. Oh, my daughter's shoe game went through the roof. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was always the stingiest, selfish most selfish person in the world. I had to have the best shoes, the newest shoes. Yeah. My shoe game once upon a time, I know it doesn't look like it now, but it used to be on point. Dress you know, comfort. when I was 24, right. 25. Gave right. it up. When my daughter was born, the weirdest thing was I would find myself in the stores not even stopping to look at the newest yeah. and latest. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, I wonder you know, what kind of new outfit we could get for Kirsten because I was poor back in the day when I was 25. I had no nickels. To yep, but, I, but but I used to it's funny how something happens and I was not selfish. Strange it up. wasn't about me anymore. Yeah. It was like, what can I get from my daughter? Yep. And then later what do you when think my shoe game is. That's What's Eric, that? Eric Metcalf. Eric, Eric Metcalf is on the ultimate Cleveland sports show. I know Eric's shoe game is still on point. Gotta be. It? You, you have fresh shoes, don't you? Hey. Welcome, welcome to the show, Eric. I, I do what I can do when I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. No, but but that, as, as Jay Wells well knows, I do consulting with Nike Track and Field. Yes, so that helps. Okay, so listen. Uh, okay. So, so Eric, who was uh, an NCAA long jump champion, also an Olympic trials guy. <laughs> Eric has followed my son through his Olympic trials and through his college career. And this is how nice a guy Eric is. When my son was graduating from college, uh, I called Eric and I'm like, look, he'd like to get a deal. My son had a very, very, he was four-time first-team All-American at, at Division One, And so he could jump. Eric goes, let me hook let, let me hook your son up with my Nike guy. He, Eric got my son his first Nike contract just by a phone call. He, Eric sends me an email oh, later. He, he goes, he knows your son. It's done. Well, if you need somebody now, you know. I, <laughs> you know no, you need, you need somebody, somebody to sponsor hey, some shoes or something. You know. Hey, you need somebody to cut grass. I do stuff around the house. I'm handy. I get stuff off the top shelf and anything. I, I can detail. I got a mixtape coming out. You know. Hey, I, I tell my I tell my kids all the time though. If if I wasn't doing consulting consulting with Nike, their shoe game would be weak. I was going to be paying three hundred dollars for some tennis shoes. That's just yeah. not going to happen. Not happening. It is absurd. But when when you got a pipeline from Nike, um, yeah, you get the latest and the greatest. First of all, Eric, I want to start uh, this conversation um, at where all the Browns conversations these days start. I know we have the benefit of a little bit more information than we had when the Browns made the decision to go out and trade for for Deshaun Watson. First, I want to get your thoughts on what you thought of the trade at the time. And knowing everything that we know now, would you still do that trade if you would have done it in the first place? Well, what I thought at the time was that it was great. I mean, since since he just first said that he wanted out of Cleveland, I was telling everyone we should just push all our chips in 
and try to go get Deshaun Watson if we're trying to get better. I mean, we people Baker did a lot a good thing, a lot of good things for for Cleveland, but at the same time, we're trying to get better. And if you can get a top five quarterback in the league, you have to you have to take your your, your chance. And I and I like that they they did that. And now moving forward with all the information, um, two grand juries that there was no information, not enough information to indict them. So. I, I feel good about it. So I think it's the right thing to do. We just have to wait and see what they uh, what they decide. Were you able to see the HBO special <laughs> last night on Real Sports where they talked to two of the accusers in the case? No, I know I heard about it, but I, I didn't get to see it yet. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's once again, when we're talking about this, it's a sticky situation regardless of what side you're on because we, we know the implications of this and what could happen. But at the same time, when we're talking about Football, I, I like the fact that we went and got somebody who could uh, who can take us to the next level. Absolutely. Eric, speaking of next level, we have some next level running backs. You know a little something about being a running back, obviously. We actually had your running mate, Leroy Horde, here earlier in the week. Or was that last week? No, last all, week. Last week. But anyway, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt is, I mean, to me, one of the all-time great. I know they haven't played together that long. I think they could be one of the all-time great running back duos. What say you? I, I feel the same way. I mean, like you said, they haven't played uh, together that long. And when they've been playing, most of the time, one of them has been hurt. And so a lot of them, they've had to carry the load for most of the game. But I, I, I like what they, they bring to, to the team, each each doing it differently. Nick is a, a power guy who has a lot of speed. Uh, Kareem can can do everything, receive the ball. He can he can rush it and he, and do all those kind of things. So I, I like what they bring. I, I'd like to see them in the backfield together more. Yeah, we've talked about um, that yeah. because just just because Kareem can move around and and you never know what the offense is going to do. And I think, like you say, when you have a Deshaun Watson, the, the the playbook it just expands. And so there's so many different things that you can do in, in, in inviting both these guys on the field and going out there and attacking the defense. Eric, you know, I always felt like you were be, be ahead of your time. You was like 20 years too early. I mean, from what you can do, running the ball, catching the ball, just in the return game. Um, so we do have a question from our chat. Some of our, uh, uh, you know, loyal listeners, shout out to them. Um, Fry says, ask Eric, who is today's NFL version of himself? Oh, good one. Great question. Well, you know, I don't know if there's a, 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 a real version I, I know I like guys who do similar things, and 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 I would say like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cooks, Alvin Kamara's, mm -hmm. uh, those guys who who rush the ball, receive the ball. They probably could return kicks and punts if they needed to, but they don't. Just the way the game is played today, um, but it, it's guys who can do everything that I see that are players like me. And you know, I mean, and he can even throw like a Tyreek Hill in there because although his primary position is receiver, he could run the ball if he needed to, and he could also uh, return kicks. And so, those guys—that's who I like to see. I don't compare anyone to myself because we all do it differently. I just like the fact <laughs> that guys are able to play multi positions and go out there and be successful at it. Eric, I mentioned you and Leroy obviously played together. What four years? Five years? I can't remember. I can't either. I've yeah, been concussed. Right. Was it I think it was not you. You left at the end of 90, the 94 season, correct? Was your last year? I, 
I, I yes, I, yeah. I was traded at the end of ninety yeah. after ninety four. A lot of people always say you left. No, I did not leave. I was my bad. Traded. <laughs> my bad. Traded. My bad. Traded to Atlanta. So you guys played together five years. When you split carries with another good back, are you supporting each other? Are you? Is it frustrating? You're like, oh, I should have gotten that carry. Is there any of that? How's that? How's that work? I mean, the only thing that frustrates you is you're your guy. If you're a competitive guy, you want the ball all the time. Sure. But at, but at the same time, we had a, a, a room where everybody cared about each other, whether we're playing or not. We we're gonna we we're gonna be friends, and so we liked that everybody was successful. Um, it's just a matter of when we get those opportunities. I mean, you know, the way football was played then. I wasn't a guy who's going to go out there and carry it 25 times and run in between tackles and right. and be able to sustain that for a long period of time. So that's you can leave that to Leroy. If you give me the ball 10 times, <laughs> and, I can grab one, and I can have long runs, and I feel good about it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, that, no, that is a great answer. Eric, um, when, when you look at the game today, uh, th- obviously it's in, – in terms of the quarterback rules – you don't have any of the old Turkey Joe Jones hits on Terry Bradshaw. That is completely out of the game. And I think a lot of the physicality is out of the game. When you played it, it was still a rough and tumble game. Not that it isn't now, but it was way more so back when you played. Who is the one player that you most dreaded playing against on the other side? Well, to be honest, I never, ever wanted to get hit. So I would say that would be everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I I just didn't want to get hit. But I will tell you that Chuck Cecil got me good. He got me good one time. And and, and fortunately, he he rung my bell. And we were on our sideline. So I was Mm. about to step back in the game. And and Kevin Mack grabbed me like, I don't think you're ready for this. You better (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, but the, you know, you had so many, so many good players out there who could, who could ring your bell because, like you said, football was different then. But at the same time, I think about, I don't think I would have been able to play football when my dad and those guys played because that was real football. Yeah, they. they you're uh, right. Your dad's era in the '70s was even more physical. And and you know, we got you perfect segue. Uh, we we got another one from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show chat room. Uh, Lucas zero five one zero two. You gotta get a better screen name, dog. Um, <laughs> Lucas Lucas says, "How old was Eric before he was able to beat his dad in a race?" Ooh, Ooh. Good question. Mm. Really and truly, I was probably I was high school. Wow, your dad was I, still I was, moving. Yeah, he can move, but I'm. But here, here's the thing about it: he was still moving. But my mother and father, they had me when they were in high school. So, so he was still so a young man. I'm young. Yeah. So he's still young. So, so while you're saying he's still moving, no, I was moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, if you were 14 and, and he moving. had you in high school, he was probably right, 32. Right. I was rolling. You still have wheels <laughs> at 32. Did you right. talk trash? Did you did you trash talk him when you beat him for the first time? It, it wasn't even necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to. You don't want to shoot the old bull and send him out. <laughs> yeah, you but him go, right? so Eric, I start training again. Eric, on that note, uh, I remember, and so does my son, and reminds me of it all the time. Uh, the day he first beat me in a race, and it was a huge deal for him. I'm wondering when your son was able to beat you in a race, because I know you have a, a, a son that's. I believe he's. Is he still playing college football? 
Yeah, so he's just transferring to, to Prairie View this year, so he'll start at Prairie View. He plays receiver. He's he's six four, over two hundred pounds. Wow. And so if you and, and and I told him and his friends like a month ago that I would beat them in a race now. Right. I don't know if he can beat me until he proves it. But then, but then again, I'm one of those guys that. I'll just talk a lot of noise, never race, and say you can't beat me. And he, because he would never race, he can't say you beat me. If it if it doesn't <laughs> happen, it can't happen. Whoa! <laughs> I, I love that. Oh, uh, what's your what, what would be your forty time right now if we took you to a track? Mm. What are you running the forty in I'm right healthy. now? If I'm healthy, I think I can go out there and run four seven. Oh wow! I got him beat. That is insane. <laughs> I got him beat. I'm 54. I know, yeah, I, I know, but still, is he a legend though? Like, I'm gonna say that you be the legend. Like, yeah. the, the, the word legend doesn't equate to speed. And you don't get faster as you get older. <laughs> okay, so we just did a, an absurd hypothetical with uh, Ohio State football coach Ryan Day. I've got one for you. I see the long jump picture on the screen behind you that's cover track and field magazine. It says it says uh, a new long jump force, and Eric was one of the best in the country. Right now, mm. I take you and the great Carl Lewis, and I'm taking you to a strip. I'll even make it down at Texas because I know you love that strip and you're familiar with it. Who wins that long jump competition right now? Mm. Carl Lewis. That's Carl Lewis. Carl ain't running no four wait, seven wait, right wait. now. Wait, he's he, he's a legend. We were gonna throw that word back out there. We're gonna throw that word back out there. He's he's a legend, and, and, you know. And I am scared to death to jump. Mm, I, I know I'm, that feeling. I haven't. It's it's so rough on your body, and I just don't want to get hurt. I had no no major injuries playing football. Man. I don't want to go out there doing something stupid and 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 hurt myself. So Carl wins. I'm just gonna give it to him. Hey, he takes he wins. I know that my, my son was trying to get me to train for the uh, for the Masters competition because I was jumping with him up to a couple of years ago, and he said, "Dad, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the distances. I think I think you could you could win this thing." And so I took a couple jumps. And on my second landing, when I hit, I said, it never, it didn't used to feel like this. It felt like I was dropped off a four-story building and just, I couldn't move really, when I hit the sand. I'm scared. It, it, has, it, has you thinking, it has you thinking the sand got harder, right? I, you don't remember, it was softer when you were young. But that's what I said. Like, I said, they're using different sand now. It was like powder when I was jumping. It cannot be that bad. People are upset right now. It is that bad. Right now, People what? is upset at us right now because we haven't mentioned if you ain't been in Cleveland, the most memorable Eric Metcalf moment, oh. obviously, <laughs> is taking two kicks to the crib on the Steelers. I remember being at the house, losing my mind. And by the way, when you look at it, I believe you were kind of dinged up that you it didn't look you either had a hamstring or a quad or something. You didn't know if you was gonna play. What is your memory about taking them two kicks back to the house? Because them like, like that changed the game for everybody in Cleveland. Well, well, well like you said first, I uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to play that week because uh, I had a knee sprain from the week before against Cincinnati, and somebody fell on me. And so most of the week I didn't practice. But Belichick had a rule: if you don't practice on Fridays, then you can't mm -hmm. play in the game. And so I finally get out there Friday, which I didn't I didn't really do much. But I, I went through the motions and got out there and walked through Saturday come Sunday. I'm like, 
I'm, I'm ready to go. And then he didn't, and I was all taped up and everything. They didn't think I'd be ready. So I said, I'm ready to go. I, I can make this work. And, you know, it's just one of those, one of those days. Uh, my, my dad always told me is sometimes that when you get injured, you, it slows you down. So things, you see things a lot better. And, and so that, that particular day, it seemed like everything was in slow motion to me, even though I felt like I was moving fast. It, it just seemed like everything was slow motion. Um, they kicked the first one. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of great blocks and, and we and we scored a touchdown. And right after that, I, I always remember Stevon Moore coming to me on the bench and said, we're going to get another one. Wow. And and I, and I was like, okay. In my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, sure we are. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, and, and, and then, fortunately, that moment came. It was, and it was a great game for whoever was watching that game, regardless of what if we won or lost, fortunately we won, but it was a good game. It was a good, tough fought game. And, you know, we stopped them. They punted the ball. We got, we got another uh, return because everybody was blocking well again, made a couple people miss and, and, and that, that was it. And so, you know, you say that's everyone's favorite moment, but it, it's really not my favorite moment as a Cleveland Brown, but, be, but it's slowly, it's like one B now because I, I know that all the Cleveland fans love it. But what is your favorite moment? Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my favorite moment is a game that really doesn't matter. We played in Oakland and I scored the last second touchdown. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay. You know, and, and that's because, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're out there, you're, you're practicing shooting a, a jump shot with no time on the clock. You're talking about hitting a walk-off home run. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I got to score a touchdown with, with two seconds on the clock. And so that's like something that everybody wants to do when they're a kid. And I got the opportunity to do it in the NFL. And it happens almost never. Yeah, I mean, it happens rare. so infrequently. No. Eric, let me give you a couple of quickies. I'm going to give you a quick question. And you give me the best teammate that you played with in Cleveland that would that would fit the answer. Okay? You ready? Okay. All right, here we go. You're, you're, in, a, you're in an alley. There's two guys about to jump you. You get to pick one teammate to have your back in that fight. Who is it? Cleveland teammate. Kevin Mack. Oh, Ooh, wow. Mack. That's a good one. I'll... No offensive lineman. No, you're going Kevin Mack. Kevin Mack. Kevin Mack. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go like Michael Bean Perry. All right. Hey, Kevin Mack used to stand on the sidelines while we were on defense, while the defense was on the field with his helmet strapped up. Ready to go. <laughs> And he looked like a gladiator, too. <laughs> right, all right. right. All right. You're at the comedy club. You have to you have to make the entire audience laugh. And if you do it, you get a million dollars. Who is your partner for the comedy show? Eric Turner. Eric Turner was oh, funny. funny. Was he great. making yeah. guys laugh in the locker room consistently? Eric, Eric Turner, because he was just silly. Yes, Eric Turner. All right. You're in a best, <laughs> you're in a best dressed contest. Best dressed contest. Who's your partner for that one? Whoa. I'm going to go with Michael Dean Perry. What? Michael Dean? He was clean like that? He's still clean. I thought you said Webster Slaughter. Webster, I I think Webster was a good dresser, wasn't he? Michael Dean still is clean every every day, you know. There's no way he would be sitting there like dressed like you guys are right now. Wait, what are you saying about you? I'm not saying anything about you. I'm saying the fact that that's how he dresses. Yes. All right, final thing. You got to take on G and me in a pizza eating contest. 
That's a tough task. Who you who you picking <laughs> the team teammate with you on that one? Just because I think it'd be funny, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to arrange that. <laughs> we, we might be able to do that. Hey, <laughs> Leroy is just when you eat a meal with him. It takes an hour because you're laughing so hard. First of all, he dominates the conversation, which is fun right. to watch. But yeah, right. everybody at the table is laughing from start to finish. It takes forever to finish. Yeah, Leroy for sure. Leroy, he'd be funny. That's why I said just because it'd be funny, Leroy. 100%. Do you, how do you feel these now, you, all these years later, about Bill Belichick? It, like, first thing that comes to your mind when you think mm. of Bill. I think he's a great coach. And I, and I think... I think that, you know, he was a good coach, and I knew he would be a good coach when he first got to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. However, you know, he'd just come from the Giants, and he was trying to do it like Parcells' way. We had stubborn veterans who didn't want to do it our way because we had won games in previous years. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of us, us butting heads and, and him not getting his system, him not trusting a lot of the players that he had. And so if we would have kept our team together, we probably would have won some Super Bowls or had an opportunity to go there. But because of the way he wanted his system, we were trying to do it our way. He felt it was best to get people away. And so it, it worked out for him once he got to New England. But I think it could have been a lot better if we would have all got together in Cleveland. It's weird because we talked last week on the show about this. I, I thought that Belichick, it was clear that he was going to be a great coach. Um, and I think finally he did decide to do it his way instead of Parcells' way. But Cleveland sort of relived that movie when Eric Mangini came here. I thought Eric was trying to be too much like Bill Belichick, and the players just weren't about that. It's they just uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was genuine to who Eric was, and 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 that didn't work either. And I I think he was ultimately a much better coach than anybody ever got to see. Do you agree with right. that? Unfortunately, it happens because you know they come. A lot of these times they come from coaches who are, have been successful and won a lot of games, and so that's what they've learned. They learn how, how, how these coaches have run their system, their organization, and, and they've won. And so when they've been in that for so long, it's like this is how I'm going to do it instead of being, uh, like you said, true to themselves. Yeah. The, 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 these new coaches – who are getting new jobs, they, they do it differently because they're, they're playing football different. They're not expecting to – they're not playing hard-nosed with these guys all the time. And so it, it's it's easier to go play for these new coaches in, in different teams. They all coach like it's Madden. Everybody's going for everything on fourth down. I love it as, as a fan as long as, as long as it's not my team getting stopped yeah, on fourth and one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still think it. that, you know, he did it away for 75 years for a reason, and now everybody's going for it on fourth down. We killed Sand or killed the Chargers last year I in a couple instances. I didn't. Not no, me. no, Most I'm saying the decision to yes. go for yeah. it killed the Chargers in a couple of huge mm -hmm. spots. There were times that we were going for it, the Browns, and I'm and I'm like – Statistics say go for Take the points. Take the points. Take the points. Hey, we got to do top five. Mikey McNuggets, our producer, has a pretty cool list, and we want you to play along. Mikey, tell them what we're doing. Yeah, today's Ultimate Five is sponsored by Roundstone Insurance. Roundstone offers a better Round alternative Stone. for affordable Round quality health care. For more than Stone. a decade, Round Roundstone Stone. Insurance has been saving small and mid-sized businesses money up to an average of 20%. Contact us today how to learn how you can get great health care benefits that your employees will love and save money too. Roundstone. Eric, Eric, who's your favorite insurance company? 
Brownstone. Now that'll cost you. <laughs> hey, see my NIL manager. All right, so what is our ultimate top five then, Mikey? Well, it felt right with Eric on the show to do the five best punt returners in NFL history. Ooh, so, yes. Oh, he and I know he's in it. Specifically yeah. punt and not just Yeah, just punt return. Specifically punt. Okay. Okay. And we'll okay. start before, the- before he even goes, if I'm not in it, just stop. <laughs> Eric's in it, don't worry. No, you're in it. He's in uh, real quick, okay. honorable mentions. Deion Sanders, just not enough total punt returns to make the top five. That's fair. And Josh Cribbs, great kick returner, not a great punt returner, plus he works for the competition. If he comes to us, I'll put him on the list. But until then, <laughs> okay. he's not on the list. All right. Yeah. Well, I got so no number problem five, with five. Desmond Traitor. Howard, uh, 2,895 punt return yards in his career, eight touchdowns, and arguably – the single best punt return season ever in 96. He led the NFL in yards, average, and touchdowns three with the Packers. You, you good with that, E? I, I want him to keep going. A lot of pressure. Go. We got to see the I, whole I list. I will say, I uh, Desmond Howard, I think, he, I, I think this is still true. At one time, it was. He's the only guy to win a Heisman Trophy and a Super Bowl MVP. I think that's still that true. That is true. That's that's yeah. incredible. He's from right here. And, and he did a nice robot after he scored. I like his robot. Yeah, but I hated his Heisman pose. Yeah, unfortunately, like it didn't happen last year because Joe Burrow could have done well, it. Well, Joe Burrow's the yeah. guy that – you know, nobody's ever been a first draft pick, a Heisman Trophy winner, and a Super Bowl champion. And a national champion, I think. And, and a national champion. And he went, he's the only one to go wow. to the Super Bowl with those yes, other three you're things. you're right. Yeah. So he, I think he'll do it before he's yeah. done. Uh, yeah, Who's yeah. number four? That's only because I decided to play basketball, not football. Number true. four. Rick Upchurch wasn't aware of what he did till I started the research last wow. night. In nine NFL seasons, over 3,000 punt return yards, eight touchdowns, and he was the NFL all-decade team returner in both the 70s and the 80s. Oh, wow. Prove me Eric's wrong. shaking his head, so he approves, right? Prove yeah. me wrong. <laughs> Upchurch, there you go. I told you I was that's coming good. with the fire on this one. I mean, yeah, that's that's a very good one. I get, I got to see him when I was a kid, you know. And he wasn't no Terry Metcalf, but I like watching. Real <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is Terry going to be on the list? Yeah, he, he put All right, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Let's keep it Number going. Number three, Brian Mitchell. Nine punt return oh, touchdowns, great. third all time. Good. He is the most career punt return yards, 4,999. What a slouch. Couldn't get one more. Uh, his 13 special team <laughs> touchdowns ranked second all time in the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But Eric's smiling real big right now because he's saying, yeah, at least I know yeah. I'm in the top two. Look at him. I good about it. I good about it. Yeah, I do too. All right, the big question is, are you at number one? So, Mikey, let's, without further ado, who's number two? If I spent the last three and a half years in College Station and put a Longhorn at one, I think I'd get roasted. So Eric did come in at number two. <laughs> oh, ten return touchdowns, second most all time. He had four different seasons leading the NFL in punt return Which is yards. Crazy. And up until recently, I do think Eric was the goat. But recent history oh, may have uh, pushed him number well. two. No offense, Eric. I still love you. He made this personal. He made this personal. He did. True. <laughs> I know when he, he went to him. Yeah, I know. So, I, I okay. think there's no drama here, but go yeah, ahead and no, finish let's go off number the one real quick. It's Devin Hester, 14 career punt return touchdowns. That's an NFL record. Third all-time in yards. Team stopped kicking to him. He might even be higher. And as a rookie, he led the league in punt return yards and touchdowns. But the 14, it's tough to top that. Now, Eric, let me no, ask you. Let, fine, let me ask you. Is, was Devin Hester good enough to, be, to make the Hall of Fame as just a, a returner? Should they let pe- returners be in? 
what what he what he did in his numbers suggests that he should be in the Hall of Fame as a, as a returner. I mean, Hall, returners are are game changers, and they they make it easier on the offense by shortening the field. They make plays that change the momentum of the game, and he did enough of that where I think he wanted the Hall of Fame. Quite frankly, I think Me you too. did too. I think you did too. Me though. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so going back to that. He had 14, which was impressive. I did not, re- I returned eight punts in my first three years. And they were all in my third year before I got hurt. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't just come Man. in and return the punts we had, because we had Gerald McNeil. Ice so, Cube. Yeah, we did. That's right. So I didn't return, uh, I only returned eight punts in my first three years. And then, once then, I was the first person to have double figure. Returns for testing. Yeah, I love it. Those kind of things. But I have to, I have to remind folks. <laughs> and, and, and then I'll let you think about why I should really be number one. <laughs> he makes a strong case, Mike. Listen, game. it was a tough decision. I went back and forth, but I. No Dante I Hall? I'm about to he, he didn't return punts. He was more kicks. Only kicks. More ki- no, no, not only, and, but he was more kicks. Nah, yeah, let me tell you. Just punt returns. Yeah, strictly yeah, but you punt. know what's something? Eric Metcalf was a freaking running back. I know. People and forget that he wasn't a wide man. receiver. Like most of, a lot of your kick guys are, no, are wide receivers. But he was much more involved with the offense than Devin Hester ever was. Oh, yeah. without question. Yeah, yeah. So but that yeah. was a disadvantage in a way for him in, in his returning. Hey, Matt, was, was Billy White Shoes Johnson a punt return? He was, right? He was. Why was he, he was. not on the list, Mikey Mike? Who? Because he's too busy worrying about stats. <laughs> Billy White Shoes. Billy White you gotta Shoes worry about what these guys brought to the table. Yeah, he was so phenomenal. Billy White Shoes would have been on my list too. And his Who are you dance, taking off though is the his, question. His dance changed the taking, game. Who are you taking off? His dance changed the game. I love Desmond, but I might knock Desmond off of that yeah. list. I might. Yeah, yeah we vote him off the island. But Billy White Shoes. You remember his dance, shows? Matt? Uh, slightly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his dance. And he was really, for me, I'm, there may have been a guy that was doing it first, but for me, he was the guy that brought in the entertainment with the dance yes. yeah. after touchdowns. Yeah, he first so did. I think he gets, get he gets honorable mention points just for that. Yeah. Because all the dances that we see today, I think, kind of come from white shoes. I, I'm not, again, I'm not just saying this because he's on with us and we like him. But if you ask me, if I'm starting, if I'm starting a team in their prime, yeah, Eric or Devin Hester, yep, to me nope. it's not even close. I take Eric too. More it's diverse, more diverse. Yeah, and I, I really wasn't aware how few punts you returned early in your career until you just told me. Yeah, that's. Impressive. I just remember that yeah. you took it to the house on an incredibly, at an incredibly high rate. It was. I had a lot of confidence. I used to say, watching, he's he's taking this one, yeah, and, and, and everybody would tell me, you said that last time. Yeah, no, yeah. but he's taking this one. And Eric's got and, more. And what's crazy about it, I didn't even really, I didn't want to return punts when I got in the NFL. Yeah. I only wanted to return kicks. And and it was Belichick, and that's why I only returned eight in my third year, it was Belichick who came in and said, you're not going to carry the ball 20 times. If you want to touch the ball more, you should probably return punts as well. Yeah. And that's when I said, okay, that's I'll cool. do that. But I got to tell you, for a guy who doesn't like getting hit, I don't think there's anything more terrifying in all of sports, with maybe the exception of jumping into the ring with Mike Tyson in his prime, mm. then standing back to return a punt. You are a target, and there are 11 guys in a dead sprint that want to take your head off. Especially in those days. There oh, were no rules man. protecting the guys. 
Well, well, first of all, when you when you're back there, they kick the ball up there, but really and truly, you don't have to catch the ball, and your team still gets it. That's People true. forget that. Yeah, and your team you still do. gets. It. I mean, I could. You Belichick. can always throw it. You can, well, if you have Belichick, then you're expected to. You can always fair catch it, yeah. and then you hope they, they line drive it to you. Then you run it right back down their throat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Hey, Eric, um, it was great having you on. Thanks for participating in our uh, in our ultimate top five and in our crazy, uh, absurd hypotheticals. I thought you were great today. Hope to get you back on in the near future. And um, thanks, th- thanks just for all that you've done for Cleveland. I know that even though you don't live in Cleveland, you've always treated Cleveland like it's home. And we've always treated you like you're one of us. And um, this city loves you, brother, and always will. Appreciate it, Eric. You're the man. Yep, you bet. The great Eric Metcalf. Number two, according to Mikey McNuggets, but number one in our Most electrifying Eric Metcalf. He was so much fun to watch. He's lucky number two is my favorite number. (laughs) 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 All right, my man. Thanks again. Great to see you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Eric. I loved loved, um, that era, the way he would wrap his – he would tape his cleats. Mm. He had the orange tips. Yeah. And then the ankle wraps, white. And it was – I don't think anybody passed the look test in a uniform better than Eric Metcalf. He had the Dion – Anything but 21 was Dion, but yeah, he, and you got 21. You had to be the fastest DB yep. or the fastest dude. He had the towel, the long white Come towel. Come on now. Talk he about it, G. Spat, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. He had the wristband gamers on point. <laughs> and, he, and he had the Newmans. Y'all don't know about the Newmans. Come on, G. The Newmans the back Newman in the day. Those were the old wristbands. Were they the wristbands? The hands or the, yeah, gloves. the, the gloves. The gloves. The, and you can only wear Newmans if you're a 94 baby. You play football in like 92. <laughs> like he, you, you like you played when Jerome Bettis played. The Newmans was one time you wore them joints, you wasn't running them back because they was they was just made of like paper mache. You just wow. ripped right through them. Yep. But but he looked so good with the all white on them. Like yeah. I was like, man, I remember the orange tips Ooh, on the on the cleats. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when he played. Just like he was one of like you know I'm in New York, so it's not like I'm watch. I could watch the Browns every week, right? But I liked to watch the Browns were good and w- when he was playing, and he was he was always a guy that you paid attention to when yeah. you, when the Browns were on TV where I grew up because he was fun to watch. He was a game breaker. You never yeah. knew he, like yeah. he could he could score a touchdown receiving, you know what? rushing <laughs> or returning. One of the things I hated though, and it was no, not Eric's fault. Um, Third and eighteen, and the the delayed draw up the middle with Eric Metcalf. The, the, that was the, Belichick's the, go-to the, third yeah. and eighteen. Metcalf up the middle, people yeah. all about. That's God. because it's, it's a tendency thing. Third and long, you think it's draw. I know, but every time it's not third and seven. It's third and eighteen. <laughs> third, third like and you gotta drop back and throw the ball. No, it's but Bill never did. He yeah, gave it to to, to Matt. Time, well, you don't want to you don't want to risk interceptions and all that. So. No, I know, but sometimes what would safe. really be maddening is Matt would rip off fourteen yards. Yeah. And now it's fourth and four. Yes. And punt. you punt the ball away anyhow. Yeah. I think That's... what we've learned here today is never punt. Don't coach. The statement don't uh, just take the points drives me nuts. I love taking points. Hate just to take I love points. it. Really? The vast majority of NFL games hey, are decided by one score. The board, hey, right? hey, listen. Yeah. And the Josh, vast majority of NFL games are decided by one score. When, 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 when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes took turns scoring in five seconds, yeah. I don't care nothing about no field goals. I don't want to make, you don't want to look field goals. They're going right. They're going to score. You're going to stop him. You're not stopping him. Go back and look at I'm old school. Take the 
Bengals season, if I just take any team, yeah. go back and look at the games that were decided by a kick. A lot of yeah, them. Yeah, many. A lot of many. I get, I get it. You don't get game winning kicks. You see, a great kicker. You see, we drafted a kicker this year. I hear you. That's my do. final take today. Are we doing <laughs> final takes or we or no? So that's the question. Does anyone have a final take? They're dying. I can to push get mine. To, I, can I can push, push mine to tomorrow. Push, push. G. Bush. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Push. All right. It's the G Bush push. We're already 10 minutes into overtime. All right. right. We're going to wrap it up then. All right. Let's uh, tease tomorrow. We have Jason Lloyd in studio with us. Awesome. We have Chris Rose. Tell folks that don't know who Jason Lloyd is. Of the athletic. Yes, very, very, very good writer. Yep. Well versed on all things Cleveland yep. sports. We Chris spelled Rose. his name wrong, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's drop it. Hey, Anthony, we gotta get the double name checks from now on. That's on us. But we love you, Jason. <laughs> we will make sure that's right tomorrow. Chris Rose is on tomorrow? Chris Rose is on tomorrow. How did we do that? He's friends with Steve Becker. Steve Becker's the Rolodex extraordinaire. Chris is tremendous. Mm. Chris is tremendous, and I'm thrilled to have him on. I don't I think I've ever done a show with him. We've known each other for years. And I've always been a huge fan of his, so I'm glad that he's going to be. This uh, is Guardians for five blocks tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) If you like baseball, that's why I like your money. Yeah, we haven't talked about the Guardians really at all. Right, right. No, well, they haven't done much that really warrants it. I mean, we we dropped a little bit of uh, Mackenzie Love uh, after his start Monday. I got a couple cool topics I'm going to throw in here tomorrow. Maybe how to fix the Pro Bowl. Just don't glad they're talking about Trouble scrapping sucks. it all together, which would be the best. No, way they need to go back sucks. to like the old school quarterback throw off competitions, all that. Like, yeah, that I, want, I want the game. I could care less about. I want to. I would. You guys, you probably too young. You might remember Bull, but they used to have the the battle of the network the battle of the network stars. Love that. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to bring those dudes to a decathlon type event yes. where you put the fastest runners in the hundred. I know you put the strongest guys in either a weightlifting or a like shot it. put Let's competition. It. And it's the end of the season. So long even if you got jump, a little injury, high jump, like time. A, a basic decathlon, but they'll never do it. I think no, because the risk of injury, injury is too yeah. great. But I, could you imagine if you had a 10, the decathlon obviously is 10 events. If each team gave someone for the hundred, for the 400, for the 110 hurdles, Long jump, high jump, javelin, shot put, discus. Why not? This is work because they ain't doing that. They're like, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't ever want to win a 400. 400. That's a grown It'd be better man, than watch right. that terrible game, but there's no way the players are going to ever do that. that no, but I would love to watch. I think it, you know, the what? league's fastest guys. You'd be surprised. Pick, and we're going to have this discussion tomorrow. Okay. So okay. Save some of your takes. Right. That is evergreen topic. So very good. Thank you, Ryan Day. Yes. Thank you, thank you to Ryan Day. Yeah. And good show, guys. All right, All right thank guys. you very much. We'll see you Mikey McNuggets, um, today was my favorite day overall because Ryan Day used your nickname twice and talked about you getting an NIL deal at McDonald's, which <laughs> yeah. I think could be a I thing. By the way, lucrative. Polk dropped this on yesterday's show. We have to follow through on this. Mike Polk had an idea that we offer an NIL deal. The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show offers an NIL deal to like a Cleveland State or a Kent State athlete but an off-sport athlete like a golfer 
or something like that. Badminton. And and so we pay this person Badminton. like 250 bucks, and we're their sponsor, and they come on and they tell us, you know, funny things that have happened in their life since they got an NIL deal. That pretty cool. Hey, I, think it would be I have great. an update. Yeah. I hope Yak's not going to kill me for uh, saying this live, but uh, how about a CSU fencer for an NIL deal? I think that's what – is that what – I'll take it. Yak says working on it currently. They actually have a Yak on team? this. I just read in text. Yak, I hope I didn't blow your spot. Okay, but. so let me just say this. Very diverse the sports audience. Yak is probably the best connected uh, behind-the-scenes sports guy in the entire city of Cleveland. Um, I've worked with some great behind-the-scenes guys. He's number one. He gets things done. Mm. He really does. Facts. He went to me. He told me about this idea for a show. Uh, and then a month later, all this was here. Mm. Like, that doesn't happen in the real yeah. world. Yeah. But Yak was heavily involved, and that's how we got this thing done. Yak will get this done for us. Tell Yak so, we need some Red Bulls down here, dog. <laughs> get that knob. You want an NIL Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> I just want some free Red Bulls. Ain't even got to be Red Bulls. They can be like Mountain Bulls or something. Yeah. Off-brand? Off-brand. And Adam, last thing Adam coming Bulls. tomorrow, too. We mentioned it on Tuesday, but uh, we're going to rerun the Bernie Kosar Polk piece and awesome. react to that in hindsight. Okay, so for those that weren't that. watching yesterday, Mike Polk had his picture taken with Bernie Kosar when he was like 12. Yeah. Uh, it was at a public event that Bernie was doing. He used to do a weekly radio show, and it was his dad, Mike Polk, and Bernie Kosar. And I had pitched to Mike, we need to recreate that photo mm-hmm. all these years later. Right. And see. Bernie bought in immediately. He thought it was great, so we did it. There was a guy in the background of that shot where you can only see his shoulder, and Mike said, because it was your idea, I'm going to give you the shoulder cameo. So, I, <laughs> so the piece is funny. We're going to run that on tomorrow's show. I think everybody's going to get a kick out of it. Typical Mike Polk nice. piece. All right. It's great show, everybody. Good Love job. It, uh, we'll reconvene tomorrow. We'll do it again at 11 a.m. And uh, we'll be with you for at least two hours, but likely we'll go overtime again. Mike McNuggets, <laughs> great job back there behind the glass. And um, have, have a great day, everybody. Enjoy this outdoor weather. It's beautiful out there. We'll see you all tomorrow on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Peace out. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.